Fire from Farster, a podcast that talks about all the different ways you can help your print business lead the way. In each episode, we'll cover a range of topics such as the latest and greatest technologies for printers, industry trends, and knowledge that can help you run your business faster and smarter. So here we go. Hello and welcome to this session of the Inkspire podcast. Uh, I'm pleased to be joined by my colleague and uh, friend Amanda Newman, who is head of marketing. Thanks for, for, for joining us today, Amanda, because I um, really need your help today because in, in explaining to us what we're going to be talking about, which is um, a bionic business, which is a, a, a phrase that we're starting to to hear pop up um, now and again. And this is something that we're very keen to help our customers become bionic. So first of all, uh, I thought it'd be a good idea if uh, if we could start by talking about what a bionic business is. Is that something you can help us out with? Yes, fortunately for you, that is something that I can help you with. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So. Um, it was actually our our CEO Keith who started using the the term a couple of years back from our point of view anyway, um, and he he used it because he just wanted to get across how important it is for companies to invest in both their technology and in their people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from a technology point of view, we we all know how important it is to invest in technology these days. It's it, technology is changing the world, isn't it? And and companies are using. Uh, using it to do all sorts of things like improving customer experience and um, innovating with new products and services and becoming more efficient and effective. And yeah. it's everywhere, isn't it? It's in every department. That it, you know, it's not just um, something that a company decides to use anymore. People are actually saying, oh, I'd quite like to use Slack and I'd like to hook it up with this and I'll use Zapier to connect it to my Trello board and you know, it isn't just a, a company um, decision anymore. Everybody wants to use technology in, in the jobs, whatever department they work in. So, so you know, it, it is important that there is some kind of strategy from above that it is focused on investing in technology, and making it really effective. Um, but it is just as important to invest in people as well. And that's something that, that we've seen um, from the benefits of our own employee engagement program so we've got mm. quite a quite a, a long-standing one haven't we Ross um, yeah we have yeah, yeah. We, we've got quite a lot of initiatives we um we have company surveys we use this product called office five that that measures different facets of um employee happiness really yeah. um uh, and so we, we have seen what a difference it makes um having an engaged culture but but we have also seen this over these with our customers as well Mm. I mean, it, you know, it is those customers, and and I don't do site visits. This is, you know, things that people, including yourself, have have told me. But it is those customers that are both, on the one hand, really tech savvy, and and also on the other hand, they they put the effort in to to engage with their employees and and um, build this culture, and they're the ones that are doing really well and and thriving. Yeah. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's um, you know we, we see that a lot in um, in companies that kind of embrace technology, but then have the the right personnel in place as well to help them embrace that. And and this doesn't necessarily just have to be for big companies either, Amanda. You know, um, yes, in bigger companies you might have a dedicated person to that role. Um, 
uh, but in, in in smaller companies, you know, where where people wear lots of hat, uh, different hats uh, and 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 do different roles, we, we see that there as well. Where it, it, there'll be people within the organisation that are, um, you know, very kind of technology aware and looking at how they can harness the technology to to suit their workforce and 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 vice versa, their workforce to suit the technology. Um, so, so we, we we do see that a lot, and it's it's them companies that that that, that tend to really step forward. You know, really uh, you see you see the, the growth and, and and seem to thrive and kind of stand out from the the, the competition. Um, so, yeah, definitely uh, do see that a lot. Um, so, I think from what you've talked about there, uh, that when we refer to bionic, what we're essentially saying is it's combining technology and, and humans is, is that right yeah it is it's, it's literally just that it's um i mean to be honest um from the thorsten point of view that's how we use it because um it was our ceo who, who coined the term um in our world and he, he did it because he, he just really loved the old tv program the six million dollars <laughs> who didn't <laughs> yeah the original bionic man and uh so that's why he, he sort of um chose that term but I, th- I think it does work i think it does really get across the the benefits that you can get from from having the, the synergy between technology and humans really yeah yeah uh, yeah absolutely i mean i'm i'm, I'm being I think being a software company, you know, it, it's we could we, we do hear a lot about people commenting. Uh, it, it's that general expectation, you know. If you think of like the film of Terminator, the, the rise of the machines and things like that, and talking about robots taking our jobs away and 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 how robots can run the world in the future, and and some we do see some people that are maybe a little bit anxious or or, or scared of technology or. Or resistant to new software being implemented, kind of the the fear of the change sometimes, or that, that this is going to put them out of their job and things like that. But but really, it it's it sounds like what we're saying here is is, is the opposite, isn't it? It absolutely it's, it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, I mean, um, really, um, if you think of it, without without the human aspect of it, technology is it's it's pretty useless, isn't it? Um, it, it can't think for itself. At least not yet. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it only operates within these these parameters that humans have set for it. And if things fall outside of the parameters, it, it all falls down. And it's that's something that we see with integration projects, isn't it? You you set up um, a very cool integrated workflow, but then if just something happens that you haven't quite thought of, it does fail. That the workflow does fail, and yet you know it's the humans that then go in there. And look at why it failed and fix it and then extend the parameters within yeah. the so that it does understand how to deal with it with next time. So, you know, it, technology does need humans to, to function effectively. You know, we're, we're a long, long, long way away from um, them taking over the world. Um, but, you know, the other side of the coin is that uh, humans, well, we don't need technology, don't we? We don't need it. We've, we've existed before. We, we don't mm. need it. But, we are better with it. We are, you know, things like, you know, robotics. It makes us stronger, yeah. um, more precise. It, you know, we can do things in extreme temperatures, etc. Um, artificial, artificial intelligence. It, it helps us to calculate things better and and, and quicker. Yeah. And, you know, we've got better memories with technology. So we we sort of, 
become superhuman if if you will. We don't need it, but we can yeah. become superhuman if we interact with it effectively. You're absolutely right, and I think I always I always think of uh, you know technology is all about an input and an output. So it, it's all about you know that technology creates an outcome. But mm. to create that outcome, it requires something to be input to it. And and yes, that can sometimes be automated, but it, it ultimately requires human interaction. And often that outcome is for the benefit of human as well. Uh, it, it's, it, you know, it's driven by humans utilizing technology to enhance the process of whether that, that be speed it up, streamline it, make it more automated or, you know, allow us to do things that, that we, in the example of robots and things and technology that, that we perhaps aren't strong enough to do or capable to do in them in them conditions ourselves. So I'd say it enhances it, but it ultimately gives generally an outcome that is a, a, a benefit to to, to to the humans right, to, to, and to that organisation and that organisation's customers um for example um and, and that's the same whether it's you you know medical technology within private sector within education uh within engineering it, it's 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 all the same kind of uh approach there and it, it's that that combination of the two really isn't it um that makes it, it enhances it enhances it uh, things for us um, and, and so it, the other thing is as well, I think, is that we'll always have the advantage of humans can be a lot more uh, adaptable and flexible, you know, in, in their approach and, and, and can very, we, we can very quickly change what we, how, we, how we need to work and how we operate and things. It, it, whereas technology, that isn't always the case. Um, it, it's, it's kind of, it does a process and that's what it does. Um, if we need to fill a gap, then we might need to bring another bit of technology in. Um, so we, we need that human interaction. And you're right, we, we, we have survived for many years without technology. We've just become very accustomed to it now. And, and, and um, we've got generations coming through now in, in, into the workplace that have, have known nothing but digital technology. And, and so, to, you know, to them, it's kind of like a, is, is native to them um so we're going to see more of that technology adapt adoption i think so the the, the term bionic I, I, love, I love the term bionic but i, I believe we, we're not the only company to use this term though are we Amanda? Or, 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 no. or or did we coin it to that no i mean there the were perhaps we could have done but somebody did beat us to it um a very small tiny firm called the boston consulting group <laughs> oh, I think um, I've heard <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah obviously of the the bcd matrix fame of the the stars and dogs and the question marks and the cows etc um yeah so so that we didn't obviously you didn't realize it at the time although maybe subconsciously saw it somewhere but um the the Boston Consulting Group had um, a year or so earlier before um, we started using it, they'd coined the term bionic company. Um, right. But we're essentially talking about the same thing. Um, it's, it, they've actually got um, a really good website about it, actually. If you if you do go on to the BCG um, website, there's, there's like some videos, a series of videos about what is yeah. a bionic company and um, how, how to become a bionic company is definitely worth a watch but they've, they've essentially they've, they've produced like a bit of a, a model 
which is um, I think they call it the bionic circle, and it's it, it shows the benefits of being a bionic company. But then I think the important bits for me anyway is about how to use technology to become bionic, and then how to work with your people to become bionic. And um, there's certainly some escalation of our thinking process behind there. That when I looked into it, I thought, oh yeah, that's very cool. It's it's what we're talking about, but and then some, you know, then more stuff on top of that. So they've been yeah. researching it for for a few years now and writing about it. So some of the stuff is is very very cool. But um, I'll just just shall I just quickly talk about each of those points? Yeah, that be yeah, it, it, it helpful. So from the technology side of things, it's very similar to what we're talking about. So they they said that you need to have a, a modular technology stack. Um, that's fueled by data. It's got data at its heart. It uses artificial intelligence, but it's modular. I think that was the key thing that they were trying to get across. Um, they were saying that in a in normal companies, they have all these different pieces of software, and they're also none of them are connected, and they're also just swirling around throughout the company, and they likened it to pasta, to spaghetti, um, to you know, it's all tangled together and it's confusing. And they were saying what, what you need to do, what a bionic business um, should have, is um, a technology stack that looks more like ravioli. <laughs> Coming mm. up here with the, the pasta thing. Um, ravioli, that's sort of, so basically jigsaw pieces that are sort of connected together. And, and the key thing there is that you can keep swapping them out. So as technology advances, there might be a, um, another add-on tool that's better for you. So, yeah. you know, you've got your core technology at the heart of it that connects everything together, but you can sort of swap out the other pieces. You know, you might ch decide to change communication channels or video conferencing or um, artwork approval software, whatever, and you can mm. switch them out. So they're saying that you need to make sure that your the technology you invest in has great connectivity opportunities, that it can be connected very easily. And we're talking about having public APIs being, uh, you know, pretty important as well. So if you don't like the taste of a particular wrapper, you can swap it out yes. for one with a different filling. Is that it, what we're saying? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we should write to them and tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> in that analogy, that's good. Yeah, add that's that cool. in. Oh, skull. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and then there's the, the people side of things. Um, and again, this is this is quite similar to what we talk about as well. So they're saying that you, you need to invest in tech savvy people um, and you need to develop them. You need to train them, upskill them, um, make sure that they've got those digital skills and, and they do understand technology. Um, we, we like to, in fact, we've got a recent article about um, the importance of having a CTO for printing companies. Yeah, yeah, you're right with habits. Um, I think, well, an article that you also didn't say, Amanda, but it, it, it is a very good article in kind of talking about the importance of having that that CTO role, whether that be a full time role or a, a, you know a, a part time role that somebody uh, at, at fits into the job, but uh, in in kind of to 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 drive the technology, isn't it? And exactly. we. Is to have someone who's responsible for it. If you don't have someone responsible for something, nothing happens, does it? Mm. So if you've got that C-suite person who is in charge of your technology, they will keep looking for new opportunities yeah. to be more efficient and to automate. They will be 
um, you know, interested in upskilling your, your your employees and developing those digital skills. They'll always be on the lookout for new pieces of ravioli to, to swap out or add on. Yeah, new new flavours to taste. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. And that, I mean, that, that reminds me really of... Um, a brilliant TED talk that I often talk to customers about because it's, it's you know it's like how can we go about becoming bionic um, and I think a, a great starting point is there's a TED talk by Nadia uh, Youssef um, I think I pronounced that right um, but anyway we can put put it in the show notes um, with the, the link to that TED talk and, and we did actually do a bit of an article about it on our blog page as well but one, one of the key things here is is um Nadia uh, talks about the importance of, of seeing your technology, treating it like an employee. And so when you when you then step back to the idea of having a, a CTO, that, that CTO is effectively looking for all your technology as if they are employees. Um, and, you know, and, and I think she talks about that in, in that video that it, it, there was a study done in the US um, that identified that 70% of jobs today in, in, in the US, so you'd expect them to be in the UK uh, and, and other parts of the, the world as well, that, that they require at least mid-level digital skills. So, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, because of the, the, the level of technology that is, is, is within an organisation. Um, but she talks about this, this concept of how common it is for a business to to have uh, uh, you know uh, uh, invested uh, millions of, you know, or thousands of pounds into technology and then it just gets sat there um, not doing anything uh, and she kind of conveys that in terms of imagine if you had a new recruit that started that you you know this hotshot recruit that is 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 um uh, set out uh, promising to be able to do all these different things. Uh, and uh, you pay pay thousands of pounds, uh, you know, lots of money, millions of pounds, maybe, in for, for for that recruit to join the company to, to 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 get them on board, and then nobody engages with that um, that person, and, and you know, no, nobody talks, nobody gives them feedback, nobody tells them what it is exactly you want them to do, um, and and that person stops trying to even you know it, it loses the motivation if you will and, and stops trying to do stuff because they just don't know what they're meant to be doing they're getting no feedback nobody's nobody's in, in, engaging with them so they just end up being sat on a desk uh doing doing nothing for, for, for the business and and it, it, it's that similar kind of thing with, with technology and one of the the key things that she talks about is how she uh, um, consulted with these different businesses and, and the first thing that she did was just draw out an organisational chart, um, and and with the with all, all your, your your people on there, so you got your CEO and your sales director, your operations director, etc., and, and who reports to them, but then bringing the technology into that chart as well in terms of of who works with that technology, who does that technology report to, and it helps you to start to visualise. Your, that technology as, as co-workers and, and start to visualize who works best with that and how they interact with, with the technology. And, my, you know, she gives an example of uh, one scenario where there was a, the, I think it was the finance director or the operations director, it might have been actually, and um, he was feeling really kind of like um, overwhelmed and stressed and stuff. And, and when they put it down in a chart, it's because he was responsible for so many different 
parts of different technologies within the business. If that had been employees, mm. they probably would have kind of picked up and thought, well, actually, that's too many people to to, to oversee, to, to report to. Um, so um, we, we'll perhaps get shift some of them employees over to, to report to somebody else. And so they did the same with the technology to allow them to to harness that technology more and get more out of it, give it more time. Um, and, and, you know, they talk about this idea of them being on the organisational chart, but but to actually um, review them like you would an employee as well, so you can give the feedback to the the, the, the provider of that technology, maybe on, a, on a, a annual basis about feedback of how it's performing for you, what you'd like to do. They, they might be even, even be able to help you review that as well. Um, I know that's something we do. We quite often do system reviews with our customers to help them see where they could get more out of the system but um but same when you when you're considering a piece of technology um to to, to interview them like you know treat it like interviewing a, a um for a new employee um and again there's another article where we've wrote you know, you know lots of ideas of questions that you could be asking potential um suppliers of technology but yeah that, that same kind of process um mm. and i think that's what businesses could can, can can be doing, and that's what I certainly talk to to our customers about how they can view it that way. Who's going to be responsible for it? Who's going to be engaging with the software um, and setting aside time for people to be able to explore that software and get comfortable with it? And um, you know, almost like you would have um, a meeting with with your coworkers to talk about a particular project set aside a time to have a meeting with that that piece of, of software to, yeah. to explore it and find out about it and all of a sudden you might find more about what it's capable of and how it can help you um mm-hmm. uh, and, and enhance what you do so yeah i think that's that it, i can it kind of all, all links together really doesn't it it it, yeah. it, it always seems to me it, it's very much about that a growth mindset for the business yeah yeah um that kind of like looking at what what else can we what new skills can we learn and um, how can we how can we achieve things yeah i think it, it's important to um have regular meetings about your technology anyway isn't it whether that's a you know in, in the past we've talked about um having regular automation meetings yeah we've talked about having regular software optimization meetings it, and you know it's essentially the same thing but the, the latter one with a wider scope but but have a team of people who, who actually do get together and look yeah. at the technology that they've got and see can we update it mm. and on tools we might make better use of um, and look at ways to constantly improve that technology as well and you know and, and allow people the time to go off and, and do that and it might involve training it might involve updating it might involve swapping out the the, the mm-hmm. piece of ravioli for something else yeah if you if you don't have that that regular process in place, then um, nothing happens. So it, it's it's about putting these things in place, isn't it? You get a CTO, so you've got someone responsible. That CTO should then uh, put regular meetings in place to constantly improve the technology that people are using to train them up. And it, it's about it, it's you know um, one of the things that I haven't um, touched on from the BCG stuff on the website is um, that process is actually a the, the thing that pulls them together, pulls technology and people together, you've got to have technological process, processes, excuse me, yeah. and you've also got to have processes for your people as well. 
So BCG talking about the fact that you you need, you should have smaller, agile teams that are are completely autonomous if you want to be a bionic company. And they should have their own processes. And they they could be, you know, customer-facing processes, frontline support, operational processes, back office processes. It doesn't matter, but you should have your own that, that you follow that are just relevant to your team. So you can just concentrate on your particular function, whether that be sales or support or marketing or the production or whatever. Um, and that and that the, the, this this concept of the processes binds the two together. So there's quite a lot of uh, interesting stuff on yeah. the BCG website about that. One thing I did like was they're saying that bionic leaders, that they should um, be taking a step back that they should set up the teams and give them a mission to work towards and the processes to work towards. And then um, basically Scarper, <laughs> you know, they're there to um, enable the teams and to remove any roadblocks, but that's it. Yeah. It's about setting the, the vision and the mission. <clears throat> um, whereas a bionic manager is there to do deliver daily stand-ups um, and retrospectives and also sort of um, develop the, the players as, as well, the the, the, the um, the, t- the team members to develop them using, like you know, reading up on the latest um, neuroscience and that using data and studies and reports to to keep growing and developing that team and that's what a, a manager should do. But but allow them to work autonomously and and so but these are all you know that's process. Both of both of those things are all about process, aren't they? So it all sort of fits in with this this glue that's binding the technology and the people together. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's interesting what you talk. It reminds me of, of a, um, the, the the story of about Kasparov there as well, uh, in terms of in terms of processes. So um, uh, it, it's, uh, Gary Kasparov, I think he was, he was the one of the uh, chess world chess champions, um, <clears throat> and um, the he, he was basically um, you know a renowned chess player and was. The first chess player that got beat by um, by by a computer, um, and and um, so <clears throat> I think it was developed by IBM or something. This is back in the nineties. So um, I think it was called Deep Blue, and um, so yeah, the the um, this computer basically beat one of the 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 world champions in chess. It was like the you know um, a, a, a technology breakthrough, if you will. And yeah, I think there's a, again a TED talk about this, but Kasparov uh, kind of talks about how he, he kind of thought, well, actually, if, if, I, if I can't beat him, I'll, I'll join him. Um, and he uh, started working with them to kind of look at the, the, the technology and, and realise that this this was a great way to, to create this formidable opponent. Um, because what what it, by working with the the uh, the computer and teaching it more, um, and it, it basically was able to create a process and a system that where um, there was some some amateur players who were playing in, in a tournament and were able to beat world class players uh, champions by using the feeding back to the computer and teaching the computer. And, and then using the the output of that to play against their players, so it's a bit of a combination of of the of the humans 
and uh, and the, the technology, and that's what kind of Kasparov had that realization that you could have a weak player with a, a, a machine and a strong process, and all combined is, su- is is superior to anything else. And so yeah. the, you know, it, it was kind of like bringing together that the, the human element and the technology element. Um, is, a, is a classic example, and that, that's back in the nineties. So it's, it, I guess it's nothing new. Um, oh no, it, it's realizing how how we can combine together um, using process to to hold it all together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that's that, that's the, the, the key part of it, isn't it? Really. Yeah. So yeah, wow. <clears throat> that's uh, so so that's what bionic is then. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Not in, in short, Yeah. So well, I think um, th- th- we've referenced loads of articles there actually that we that uh, um, we've referred to here. Uh, that quite a few are on our, our webpage, so maybe we can add them into the show notes and some of the yeah. links to the TED talks as well. Um, definitely uh, worth worth uh, watching and, and taking a read. Um, but yeah, um, thank you very much for for going through that. Um, yeah. But so and we we've, we've talked about sort of ways that. Um, it touched upon ways that, that businesses can start to think about becoming bionic if, if, if they're not already. And, and lots of companies, there's not many companies out there now that don't have some form of technology. So so lots of companies are, it's just about how you can be more bionic, combining mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 your, your employees and the technology together. Um, and we've discussed about how important it is to invest in, in technology and people. Um, Although I can't say too much at the moment, though, um, we, uh, we are we, we actually have some plans coming up, something about sleeve, don't we, Amanda, um, to help our customers do that as well? Yes, yeah, there is a, probably a, um, a, a sneaky reason why we're talking about bionic businesses um, in this month's podcast episode, but I can't say too much. Um, about it as you say um, because well we've got a launch event next Tuesday the 27th of July and it's for our new cloud MIS project product and um, that's why I can't say too much about it because it will all be revealed then but we are going to be talking about how the new product helps our customers be bionic so yeah, um, yeah if you're listening to this before then register now you can do it via our website Mm. And, uh, we'll also have a recording of the the event on the website afterwards if you're listening to it after the 27th but um yeah i promise it'll be be interesting to see how we're trying to um build in this concept of being a bionic company into our mis product in the future yeah i think that's definitely um being a key influencer on on on, on the development of this isn't it so it will be exciting to see so yeah, um, so um, thank you very much, Amanda. It's been really interesting talking to you as always. Um, if anyone's got any questions or wants to get in touch, then uh, you can you know, contact details uh, will be in the show notes. And if you have any ideas about what you'd like us to talk about on our podcast as well, then please do let us know. If you've enjoyed it, please remember to like and share it and, uh, and, and leave us your feedback. Thanks very much. Thank you.